how to calculate your true net payout. That is today's question on the Transition to RA question and answer series. It is episode number 72. Hi, I'm Brad Wales with Transition to RA, where I help you understand everything there is to know about why and how to transition to the RIA model. Uh, if you're not already there, if you head on over to transitiontoria.com, uh, you can find all of the resources I make available from this entire series in video format, uh, podcast format. I have articles, I have white papers, all kinds of things to help you better understand the RIA model. Uh, and again, for you podcast fans, if you are watching this in video format and would prefer podcasts, you can search for the Transition to RIA podcast on all major podcasting platforms, uh, and you can follow along this series in that format as well. Uh, so like I said, on today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about you know your true payout of, of kind of wherever you are currently and how that might compare to the RIA model. So a common part of the conversation I have with advisors that are considering, hey, you know, here's where I am now, whatever that might be. It might be a W-2 broker dealer, it might be the independent uh, contractor broker dealer. And they're saying, hey, should I be moving to this RA model? How does it work? What would that look like for my practice? Uh, and so a, a typical part of that conversation is, is understanding the economics of it, which is an important part of it. So, hey, what are my economics currently? What would my economics look like? in that RIA model, and there's different flavors of it, which I'll get into, uh, but, but how do those compare? And so the, the first part of that is typically to, uh, to properly identify, uh, you know, what are, what are your economics currently? And so typically going through that conversation, I will ask an advisor team or whoever I'm talking to, I would say, okay, well, what, what is your payout now? And, and then the responses I get back is, is kind of what prompted me to, to do this entire episode, because more often than not, I, I, uh, the, my experience is that advisors are not fully appreciating what their true payout is, and they're and they're going off of just kind of how their firm is positioned, and and to properly compare what your economics are currently to where it would be in the RA model, you need to add up what what in this case I'm just framing as your true payout is uh, to fully understand it. So what I mean by that, just to give you two examples. Uh, if you're at a wirehouse firm now or a W-2 model type firm now, and I ask you, what is your payout? And the sole answer you provide is what the the, the grid says, okay, your production and that your, your size, you're maybe a, a 42% payout or whatever the case is. Uh, and then and then that's the only thing you say. But the, the reality is the, the compensation plans at these firms usually run 20 plus pages. It's not just that little table, just that little chart, uh, as it arguably maybe should be. Um, so if all you do is quote that chart, and then you look past all the different ways those 20 pages work to whittle that number down... Uh, you're not fully uh, considering your true payout. So by whittling down there, there could be different firms have different ways they kind of monkey with this. It could be, oh, you're not, you don't receive a payout on the first $4,000 in production you do each month, or you don't receive a payout on certain size accounts. So you receive a lower payout. Or, or by the way, if you don't make certain banking referrals to our banking channel, uh, you're penalized a point or two. And so the, the reality is, when, when you want to talk about your true payout in that W-2 model, you, you can't just say, oh, what does the little grid say? It's what does the grid say? But realistically, after we put all these gimmicks in, 
what is the actual payout that essentially flows to me as the advisor? So at a, at a high level, that's the first thing that needs to be considered with that W-2 advisor arrangement. Uh, and then in the, the uh, independent broker dealer model, uh, and, and this is where I, I definitely see this sort of thing all the time. Uh, you know, I'll ask, I'll ask an advisor in, in, in such a channel and say, oh, what, what is your payout? And then the answer will be, you know, this seemingly generous number. It might be, oh, it's 92% payout. And, and then I usually don't say anything. I just want to kind of see how that answer evolves. And that's that's usually the extent of the answer. And then we'll maybe be talking about what they, they get for the payout or, or those sorts of things. Uh, and then and then if it doesn't come up, which it usually doesn't, it's it's prompted by me. I say, well, are you also paying uh, perhaps, and they call them different things. Each firm calls these different things. Are you paying some sort of, you know, platform fee or uh, advisory fee, uh, whatever the case is, and that's usually expressed expressed in basis points. And the answer that that comes back is, oh, oh, yeah, 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 that that is a, a, in addition as well. So it might be a ninety two percent payout, uh, but then there's a 20, 20 basis point platform fee, and then sometimes the the quick rebuttal is, yeah, but the the client pays that. And so that, but that's what I want to dive into here is, is, well, how does that really impact actually your payout? Don't just think of it as what that, what that little grid says is the devil's always in the details. And, and again, in that independent broker dealer space, you typically always have a, a so-called quote unquote payout joined by the advisory assets, some sort of platform fee, advisory fee, whatever they want to call it. Um, and, and it's usually going to express in basis points that's in addition. So what I suggest you do instead is say, when you, when you want to try to figure out your true payout, and in particular that, that latter example with the independent broker-dealer advisor, is to say, okay, what is the total that the client is paying? Uh, so how, how much is the client paying total? How much of that flows to me? So as an example, let's say you are in that independent broker-dealer space, and we're going to use just very simple numbers here, and your fee for your services that you provide is, is 1%. And then of that 1%, you get a 90% quote unquote payout. That is what you retain. So you think, well, I, I keep 90 cents on the dollar. That's being very generous of my firm. And, and I get this high high uh, payout that I, that I run my practice with. However, that same firm might also have a 20 basis points platform fee that again is in addition to that. And of course, that none of that is received by you. So in, in total, again, consider what the client is paying in total. You are charging 100 basis points. The platform fee is 20 basis points. So total client, the client's paying 1.2%. Now, at the end of the day, the, the client doesn't care who is getting what behind the scenes. The client just says, how much am I paying in total? And what value and services do I receive in return for that? So in this case, even if you want to say, oh, but the, the client pays that. Okay, correct. So the client is paying 1.2% in this example here. However, you as the advisor, again, we're using simple numbers here in this example, you are receiving a 90% payout on your part of the fee only. So you're receiving 90 cents on the dollar for the 1% part of the fee you charge. However, so you'll get 90 cents. 90 cents is going to you. Again, gross, you still have local expenses to cover. Uh, is going to you, but the client's paying 1.2. So when you run that math, 90 cents on a dollar 20 uh to, to use simple terminology is a 75 percent payout not a 90 percent payout if if so if you consider what does the client pay 
And how much of that actually flows to you as the advisor, that 90% all of a sudden now is a 75% payout. That's not nearly as generous, nearly as lucrative as it seems. So you can understand why a lot of firms position it this way, particularly because they want to be compared or they know they will be compared against other broker dealers uh, and say, oh, what's the payout at this firm? And what's the payout at this firm? So they want to be able to say that 90%, 92% or whatever. But but that, that's irrelevant if you're not also going to factor in these additional often platform fees that are being charged uh, in addition to it. So you have to consider the total fee the client's paying, how much of that actually flows to you. Now, the one kind of caveat I would, I would throw in the, the example I just gave, typically, that is a typical example that does not involve any sort of managed money solution. So that is where the advisor themselves is managing the, the, the assets. Um, uh, in their own methodology, their own models, or whatever the case may be. Uh, if you want to use a managed solution, then, then that is typically uh, in addition or just a larger quote-unquote platform fee to access an SMA manager or professionally managed portfolios, whatever the case may be. And, and, and that should have an additional cost because there is that additional service being uh, provided to the client. And even then, which I'll get into is you compare that to the RA model, you have to add up those. That's typically in basis points as well. What are those basis points? How much is the client paid? How much of that actually eventually flows down to me? And you can say, oh, yeah, but the, the, the client is paying it. But as I'll demonstrate in a second, there's, there's ways to try to manage that perhaps in the RIA space. So how much in total does the client pay? How much in total actually comes into my pocket as the advisor? I, I encourage you to do that exercise and figure out kind of what that math is for you as well. So the question is, okay, if you if you do that and you do that genuinely and, and find out your, your true payout number, then, okay, how does that compare to in the RA space? So there's a couple of different pathways into the RA space. And, and obviously this entire series of, of uh, episodes is based on, on answering uh, those pathways and the ways you solve for things and, and whatnot. So, uh, but, so I've answered this uh, in different kind of episodes, but at a high level, uh, a couple of different ways into the pathway. So let's say you start your own RIA. In that situation, 100% of the fee that you charge the client for your services, your, your advisor part of it, 100% comes to you. Not 90%, not 40%, 100% comes to you. Now, to be fair, I'll, I'll dive back into this. You do, right, then have expenses that you have to cover uh, for running the firm. So it's it's not 100 cents that goes into your pocket on the bottom line at the end of the day for net income, but 100% of the fee comes to you. And, and you could say, okay, well, what about that that 20 basis points or the, the SMA manager, whatever the case is? So typically as you're considering, hey, what am, I, what am I kind of being charged now or how much am I receiving now? And how does that look in the RA space to say, Back to my example, if your client currently is paying 1.2% because that's your fee and this so-called platform fee, and again, for simplicity, we won't, we won't bring in a managed money solution into that just yet, uh, there's really no reason you can't continue to charge your client 1.2% in the RA space because as of the moment, the client, your client is paying 1.2%, you are providing value and services in return for that 1.2%. And, and because they're re remaining as your client, they, they, they appear satisfied with the value they are receiving for that, that fee. So if you move into the RIA space, all of a sudden you could maintain that 1.2% fee, 100% of that goes to you. And then again, from there, you do have uh, expenses that you need to, to, to whittle away from that. Um, but that top line payout, 
if you will, goes to you. And so that, that's why the, the, the term payout is, is not even applicable when you have your own RIA, because it while the custodian might help facilitate the actual deductions of the fees from clients' accounts and remit it to you, it, it does not go through their P&L. It's, it's not, does not go through any sort of payout grid. It's, it's just 100% yours. It's just remitted to you, and then you cover your costs, and you run your own P&L. So in the, if you start your own RIA, think of the, the top line payout is 100% goes to you. You then cover your expenses from there. Um, the other kind of main pathway you might go into the RA model is to join an existing RA. So in that case, those providers, and I've done all kinds of episodes on this, have bundled up a lot of the necessary components of running an advisory practice, and they provide them for you, as opposed to when you start your own RA, you, you build all those pieces out yourself. Uh, and so in return for uh, when you join an RA for, for them having built those pieces out for you, they, of course, have to retain something from your fee to cover their costs and to generate profit for themselves. And so in some ways, you could you could refer to that as a payout. And while some firms do express it that way, where it's a percent of the fee that comes in, uh, they say, hey, we, we do take uh, 90% or 92% or 90, whatever the case is. Uh, and here's what we provide you in return. Some firms do do it that way, but but I would say the majority of firms in the RIA space do the inverse, where they say, hey, if you join our RIA, here is everything we are going to provide you to help you run your practice, whether it's uh, compliance support, technology support, marketing support, E&O coverage, whatever the case is, here's everything we're going to provide you. And we are going to charge you, again, they, they kind of take almost an inverse of a payout scenario. Where they What's perhaps expressed in basis points or a percent of your revenue, where they might say, hey, for 20 basis points, here's everything we provide you that, that by the way, if you were to start your own RA, you have to build out these individual pieces on your own. So we've bundled this up and we charge you 20 basis points or we charge you 20% of, of the your fee that comes in for those services. And in person, I think this is how all firms should do it. Basically, it's the inverse of a payout, uh, which says, how much, uh, how much am I, the advisor, paying for the services that I'm receiving in return? And that's an easier way for you as an advisor to, to, to uh, square up, hey, am I, is the value I'm receiving uh, commensurate with the fee that I'm paying for it? And, and, and so whether you want to call it a payout or do the inverse, the math still comes out the same. I think just the optics of, of the inverse are, are easier to understand. So uh, or to, to uh, appreciate uh, for what that cost is. So, so take that W-2 advisor, we're going to use simple numbers here. Let's say it's a million dollar, uh, or advisor is a million dollars in, in fees and commission revenues per year. And for simple numbers, we're going to say you're in the 40% payout uh, uh, grid. And let's, for simplicity, exclude what I said at the top of this episode of all the different gimmicks that absolutely exist that would absolutely whittle that 40% down to something smaller. But for simplicity, we're going to assume it's somehow magically 40%. So basically, that means if you're that W-2 advisor and a million dollars in fees and commissions comes in, your firm is paying you out 40%, so 400000 Always think of the inverse of that. So that that also means your firm is retaining 60%, or in this case, $600,000. And so the question is, are you getting good value for that? In this case, $600,000 you are paying for your firm, uh, or you're paying your firm for, for what they are providing you in return. That is, that is how you want to uh, consider a payout. Not just what is your true payout, but, but what is the inverse? So how much am I paying my firm? 
And what are they providing me in return? And, and out of fairness, firms are providing you things, particularly if you're in a W-2 model, they are typically providing you with an office, maybe some uh, support team members, uh, maybe benefits, they're providing you technology, uh, all those sorts of things. And, and, and there are hard costs associated with providing you that, uh, that they deserve to be able to cover those costs. And again, they are a for-profit company, so they deserve to make a profit. Uh, the question is, is it reasonable for what you, you receive in return for what you're paying? And the larger you get as a practice, the more painful that math becomes when you start, for, for some advisors, they are paying essentially millions of dollars to their firm via the inverse of the payout. And you have to question, am I getting millions of dollars of office space, millions of dollars of technology, millions of dollars of compliance support? Uh, and, that, and that's where the math becomes very inconvenient uh, for a lot of broker dealers, but it's just something to something to think about is uh, okay the inverse of it. So again, I kind of went off track there. If you're joining an existing RIA, you want to look at how they price it out. Some do do it in the payout, but but uh, a lot of them do it as that inverse, and that just kind of saves you from having to do the math uh, of what the inverse is and, and how do I how do I pay for it. Um, and again, I I don't want to discount the fact that. In the RA space, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, you get it, you 100% of your fees. That That is factually correct. But again, you do have expenses that you then cover because unlike in that W-2 space, you are paying for your own office space. You're paying for your own technology. Uh, and I'll get into kind of what you can expect maybe uh, at the bottom line here in just a moment. But but to be clear from a, a quote unquote payout, yet yeah, is 100% coming in under your own RA and if you join in another RA, again, it's either a payout or, or typically some sort of uh, the inverse of that expressed in either percent of revenue or basis points. Um, and so the, the final thing just to kind of wrap this up is uh, how to kind of frame this all up. So the, the, the number one thing is, is when, you, when you're thinking about your payout, all that ultimately matters is what goes in your pocket. So whether you have the 20-page comp plan, you have... You had an independent broker dealer, maybe you have a payout and you have platform fees and you have other technology fees, whatever the case is, you need to add all that up and say, how much actually goes into my pocket as the advisor? And that is what you should be thinking of it as your payout to be able to compare essentially apples to apples when you look at different affiliation models or different, uh, different routes you could go with your practice. And so in the RIA space, while, while it might be a hundred cents on the dollar that comes in, again, if you have your own RA that comes to you, you do have those expenses I've been mentioning. And so to give you an idea, and I did a whole episode on what kind of bottom line income you can expect to, to earn as a RA, but the typical industry range is, is uh, for your own RIA. Uh, and I always say, if you're reasonably sized and reasonably run firm, so just a, a quick primer on that, uh, reasonably sized, there, there are uh, the RA is a scale game. So if you're you're too small, some of the math is does not work as well. So you have to be reasonably sized to have some scale in the game and reasonably run. So because you get to control your own local expenses, if you want to have an extravagant office, that's fine. You can do that. That's going to cost you more money. That's gonna that's gonna reduce what flows to you on the bottom line. Uh, and and so there's all kinds of uh, expense levers you have control over to determine. Uh, just how how well run your firm's going to be. And I don't want to say well run. You can have extravagant office. That doesn't mean it's not well run, but it just means you do have a higher cost structure as a result of that. But your typical RIA, and this is very high level, every advisor, every team situation is different. Your typical RIA 
nets about in the range of 60 to 70% of, of top line revenue. So for, for every dollar that comes in and in, in fees from the, from the client, after you cover all the expenses necessary of running your firm, again, assuming you have some size, assuming it's reasonably run, the typical RA makes in the 60 to 70% before the owner pays themselves. So before, if you're the advisor, you're the team, and you, you are the ones providing the, the advice service for the client and you own the firm, before you pay yourself, 60 to 70% is what typically flows uh, to the bottom line. So effectively, that's your, your kind of your net payout. And so that's, as you compare that to uh, what, what you might have now, and again, that's, that's why I did this whole episode. This is what I said at the top of the show is, you want to say, hey, what would the economics kind of like be like in the RIA space? And then what are they uh, compared to what I have now? And so the question is, what are you, what do you have now? And are you calculating it correctly? And if the only thing you say is, oh, I, I get 92% or I get 45% of your W-2, you're likely not considering the whole picture. And again, that's why you have to go through the exercise of how much are you actually uh, netting after all the gimmicks, after all the different fees, after uh, covering whatever expenses you might have to if you're independent, and then what actually flows into your pocket at the end of the day. That's the most important thing if you want to do an apples to apples comparison. Uh, the, the second kind of takeaway, and I, and I talked on this, but just to reiterate, is at, when, you, when you kind of sum all this up, it's, it's not just numbers. So I don't want to imply that, oh, the RA model is necessarily superior because the number 60 to 70 percent is higher than maybe the 40 percent at the at the wirehouse firm uh, because that would be like a client coming to you and saying well uh, well uh, advisor your fee is one percent and there's an advisor down the street that will do it for 80 basis points so apparently i should go with that other person because they charge a lower fee no, because fee alone uh, is, is not the whole picture. You have to say, what is the value received for the fee? So as you do this exercise, if you're at a broker dealer's arrangement now and you do the true number, uh, again, put all the gimmicks on the side. And then again, like I talked about, take the inverse. So the inverse of your payout is what you are effectively paying to your firm for what they are providing for you. And, and then I just challenge you to ask yourself, are you getting good value for what you're paying. And some advisors, that might be the case, particularly based on your size or what your firm's providing. And you say, hey, yeah, every year, again, back to my, my million dollar producer example, if you're paying your firm 600,000, well, if you think you're getting $600,000 worth of value every year, you might be in a good arrangement. That might work for you from an economic standpoint. This is not getting into other things like flexibility and whatnot. Um, so, but you, but you have to quantify that in dollar terms and then ask yourself, is that good value for what I receive? And if it is, hey, that's fantastic. If it's not, that's where you have to start asking yourself, okay, could I replicate that same value they are providing me in office space, technology, compliance support, all those sorts of things. Could I replicate that on my own in the RIA space for less than I am paying my firm now? And if you can, uh, and you typically can do it with with even more flexibility than you have now. That savings, that delta, is is where the better economics of the RA model come come uh, into play, and where more can flow into your pocket at the end of the day. Uh, but again, I don't want to harp on just numbers alone. You have to say what value am I receiving for the amount I'm paying, and then make that a true apples to apples comparison from what you have now to another affiliation model such as the RA model and, and how that how that works. 
Uh, and so the final takeaway I want to want to point in there is just it, it, it you just have to take the time to understand how the RIA model works, how these economics would look for your specific practice. And so as you consider what you have now, oh, and you're at uh, whether a W2 firm or an independent broker dealer, whatever the case is, and you, and you hear about all this news, but all these advisors go into the RA space and and the, the 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 numbers continue to migrate that way. Well, obviously there's a reason for that. There's a reason advisors are making that change. But but you need to understand what it would look like for your specific practice. So there's a there's a lot of uh, uh, factors to that that don't have anything to do with economics about why advisors are motivated to move to the RA space, and those are important to understand. But when it comes to economics, it's important to take time to understand this and understand what your unique practice would look like under that RA space. And that's something I help advisors with all the time is, is to say, okay, based on your current uh, cost structure, based on the current services being provided to you, how your vision would look for what you would want to replicate if you went into the RAA space, what would that sort of arrangement cost and what would your economics therefore look like in the RIA space? I encourage you to run that exercise to, to, to truly know kind of what's available to you um, because it doesn't, it never hurts to be fully informed of how, in this case, something like the RIA model works so you can compare it to what you have now. And then you can ask yourself, is it worth making a transition from what I have now in, into something different. So happy to have that conversation with you. That's a, that's a typical thing I, I do uh, daily almost with, with advisors to say, okay, what is your current situation and what would it look like in the RIA space? Happy to have that conversation with you as well. Uh, so with that, I hope you found value on today's episode. Uh, this is the sort of thing, again, I, I talk to advisors uh, about all the time is, is how does it look if you were to make a move into the RIA space? Uh, happy to have that conversation with you as well. Uh, like I noted, if you, the, the first thing to do though is if you head to the website transition to RIA.com, uh, again, you can find all of the videos I make, the podcast, the articles, the white papers, all kinds of resources there for the taken to help you better understand the RIA model. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the uh, most effective, helpful thing to do uh, is to reach out to me for a direct one-on-one -on -one conversation. So at the top of every page is a contact link. If you click on that, you can instantly and easily schedule a one-on-one -on -one conversation with me and we can dive into, today, into today's topic or anything else RIA related you would like to chat about. Again, head to transition to RIA.com. And with that, I hope you found value in today's episode and I'll see you on the next one.